welcome to episode number 64 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. As you probably know, we're in a series dealing with our finances, and I've been interested in examining what it means to prosper financially. So I've had a series of sessions, probably 10 or 12 of them so far, that deals with specific issues in the area of financial prosperity. In previous sessions on prosperity, I've discussed the issues of ethical prosperity, how to make prosperous decisions, prosperity and financial success. Another one was, is prosperity our only goal? In addition to that, we did one entitled Faith for Prosperity and Generosity Brings Prosperity. How about God promises prosperity and prosperity is guaranteed? And most recently, the last two topics on prosperity had to do with what robs us of prospering part one and what robs us of prospering part two. I realize it took about a minute to give you all those topics and it might be a little redundant for some, but I'm sure many of you have not listened to those prior podcasts. So if you'd like to do that, you can tune in to cpnshows.com and listen to those podcasts. So we're going to move on today and take on a different subject, something that I've touched on a little bit, but just really not very much, just a few comments on it. It has to do with today's title is True or False Prosperity. So there is something called True Prosperity. We'll get into that in just a second. And there's something that I believe is called False or Fake Prosperity. And we'll also get into that. So let's pray. Father, I pray your anointing would be upon this teaching today. I ask the Holy Spirit to take charge, take control, and to lead and guide me in the area that I should go and help me to avoid those areas that will not be beneficial to those who are listening. Thank you once again for this opportunity. We'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory for all that takes place. In Jesus' name, amen. To get started in the area of true prosperity, I'm going to turn to Luke chapter 16, starting at verse number 11. Very powerful statement here, very powerful words that Jesus spoke. So listen to these, and we'll start this off and build a foundation of what our goal for prosperity is and what true prosperity truly is. If you are faithful, it says here in verse 10, in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, You won't be honest with greater responsibilities. So evidently, the foundation for prosperity, according to the way God wants it, is for us to be faithful with what we have. And then, when we are blessed, we'll be faithful with larger ones. That's a very important point. Verse 11 says, And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? I guess that kind of says it all, doesn't it? The true riches of heaven. That's going to be our reward after we live this life here on earth and we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We'll then be entitled to, and for eternity, live in the true riches of heaven. Verse 12 says, And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? So, very important foundational teaching here when it comes to true riches. And when Jesus talks about these things, he talks about faithfulness and being with little things and then being faithful with larger ones and then blessing other people and being trustworthy with what we have. And that if we're not faithful with other people's things, you know, if we're blessed to be able to oversee other people's possessions like property or assets or investments or whatever it might be, then we should be very faithful in that area and do the best that we possibly can to bless them. But right at the end of that, Jesus says something that's very powerful. Matter of fact, one of the more powerful scriptures in the Word of God dealing with finances. He makes this statement, verse 13, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, 
why would Jesus end his statement about faithful in little things and be faithful in larger ones and all those things and then come up with saying this thing about two masters and loving one and hating the other? It's because Jesus wants us to understand that money must never be our God and that we must never be envious or be jealous of other people's finances and that we must always put God first, that we must serve him first because it says you cannot serve both God and money. That doesn't mean that we can't have money, that we can't have it as a possession that we manage properly according to God's word. It just simply says we can't serve money. And some people have a difficult time with that. I remember there was a man one time years ago who was not a Christian. I was talking to him. We had a really a great visit going on. And I talked to him about his relationship with the Lord. And he kind of got irritated with me and a little stern with me and acted like, why are you bringing up this topic? And of course, I want to bring up the topic of our relationship with Christ with anybody that I speak to with every opportunity that I get. But he said, I don't understand what you're talking about having that kind of relationship with Jesus. He says, all I know is I'm trying to make the most money I possibly can, have a lot of money when I retire, have more money than the next guy, and I can then be happy with life and feel be fulfilled. And I said, that's not fulfillment. That's really not where it's all at. He was violating that scripture and didn't even know it. And what's interesting, I said, well, let me just give you a scripture I think that might be helpful to you. And I read this one, that this one that I just read to you, which is in Luke chapter 16, verse 13, that you can't serve two masters and you'll love one and hate the other and be devoted one, despise the other, because it says you can't serve both God and money. And the man looked at me and he said, wow. It's interesting that you said that. He says, where is that anyways? And I told him in the Bible, because he hadn't been reading the Bible very much, but I shared that with him. And he said, you know, that might be a problem that I'm having. He says, you cannot serve both God and money. What does that mean? And I said, well, in our conversation today, you were talking about money, 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 get money, get rich, all the money you possibly can, but you didn't mention anything about serving God and being faithful to God and putting God first in your life. So personally, I think you're probably having a problem with serving money more than you serve God. And I took a chance when I said that because I didn't want to offend him, I didn't want to hurt him. But on the other hand, I felt that I was being led by the Holy Spirit to give him this wisdom, this knowledge that I didn't have, but the Holy Spirit did. And he looked at me and he said, you know, you're right. I do have a problem with that and I have a real problem with this idea that somehow there's gonna be some special blessing called heaven someday. And we had, a, from then on, we just had a great discussion and I led him to the Lord. It was an amazing time. But you see, this teaching is so vital to understand the difference between true riches, which lead us to eternity of true riches in heaven with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and our loved ones who found the Lord. And yet it also explains to us the importance of not having a false servanthood towards money. And so therefore, this is the foundation of the beginning of understanding the difference between true riches and false prosperity. Let me kind of take it a little slower and kind of explain what I believe are true riches or true prosperity. True prosperity is simply one thing. It's truth. Jesus is truth. God's word is truth. He has a truthful plan for our finances. So true prosperity or true riches will be found in a right relationship with Jesus Christ and being truthful with him. The Bible tells us that the truth will set us free. And that's what we need to be set free from if we have a false prosperity thought in our heart and in our mind. You see, true riches or true prosperity are the things that guide our life in helping others and being a blessing to others, 
Yes, we have to receive something in order to be able to give something back, but we give of what we have. As I read earlier, we're faithful with what we have. It reminds me of a story about this little retired lady once, and I was trying to help her out and talking with her. She had this little bit of money left over, and she wanted some thoughts about what she should do with it, and it was a very small amount of money. But I just told her, just get a nice savings account. Don't worry about trying to make a lot of interest. Protect your principal. And you know, I can't give financial advice in certain areas because I'm not a financial counselor as such, but I am a counselor of the Word of God. And I base my advice and my thoughts and my conversations on what the Word of God says. So I just told her to be careful, to be cautious. And I looked at her finances and I noticed something amazing. She had this little bit of money coming in, but she was also very generous. There would be a check that was canceled from the bank that showed she gave $5 to this group and $5 to another group and $5 to another group. These were all charitable organizations that were helping people. She loved to bless the veterans groups and the children's hospitals and organizations that were helping handicapped people. She was was very generous. And I believe she understood what true riches in heaven were all about. And what she had, she was faithful with it. She lived a good life. She lived to be really in her mid-90s before she passed. And what a legacy that she left to being faithful with what she had. In my opinion, those were true riches. Even though it wasn't a lot of money, they were certainly a blessing to her and a blessing to others. You know, when God talks about riches, he talks about riches in Christ Jesus. He talks about the right relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. You see, the things that count and are vital and that come into our life when we walk in Christ's love will be a blessing to us and a blessing to others. And that way, whatever we have, whether it's great or little amounts, it can bless others. I believe the Bible tells us to be rich in good deeds. Those are true riches. This has nothing to do with the amount of money that we have. However, it has everything to do with the relationship that we have with God the Father and Jesus Christ His Son and the finances that we have. We're serving God and His Son Jesus, but we are using to bless ourselves and others the finances that we have. You know, you can't talk about true riches and not think about the story about the widow's might. We got to look to Luke chapter 21 and verses 1 through 4 in order to read this story. It's a very powerful story, one that is talked about to this day. Think about what this widow did with what little that she had and what a blessing it has been. And the untold millions and tens of millions and hundreds of millions of people who have been blessed or who have been challenged to give of what they have to bless others. Let me read this story found in Luke chapter 21 verses 1, probably through verse 4. While Jesus was in the temple, by the way, I'm reading in the New Living Translation. While Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. So these were wealthy people who had a lot of money, and so they gave a lot of money. Verse 2, then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. Now, just so you know, those coins would be referred to as mites. Today, we could kind of relate that possibly with a penny, what a penny would be worth today. I'm sure that a penny back then would be worth a whole lot more than a penny today. But nonetheless, it was about the smallest denomination of coin that was available to us. And this is what she had. Then a widow came by and dropped in two small coins. Verse 3, Jesus says these words, I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. For they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. Now, true riches. 
those two coins, let's say they were pennies. We call them mites back. That's what they referred to them then. But say two pennies. She gave everything that she had. What it, It's not important that she gave everything that she had. What it was is that she only had a little and she was willing to give the whole thing. Where these other folks, it said here at the beginning, they were rich people dropping in their gifts. So he says they gave just a little tiny bit of what they had. It's where this woman made a great sacrifice. There's a saying today, when you take up an offering, you ask your congregation, at least I did, I'd say, now it's not all about equal giving. That means equal giving amounts. It's about equal sacrifice. So two pennies to her was everything that she had. Two pennies to a rich person would be ridiculous. So therefore, when a person gives unto the Lord, they must give, I believe, sacrificially, meaning that you sense that you actually gave something. If a person is worth $100 million and they give $100 in the offering of the church, that's kind of an embarrassment in my opinion. Now I know if they just gave it for a specific thing and it was something to help somebody or to feed people, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But that person must not go around boasting that they gave $100 especially in sight of what Jesus talks about here. He said, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. She was giving of her true riches and she invested in true riches for others and then wound up, there's no doubt in my mind, wound up spending and is spending eternity and receiving the true riches of Jesus today and will be for eternity. You see, a lot of folks get confused about what giving's all about and what it means to, to give unto the Lord. I, I've written a book that I think would be, be you'd be blessed by. I believe it's something that came from the years of pastoring, my years of being an investor in real estate, and understanding the difference between a sacrificial gift and just simply a gift, just to give some money away. And so I wrote this book entitled, Generosity, What's in it for me? It's kind of a play on words. What it means is that a lot of people don't understand the benefits in our life that come from being generous. That doesn't mean you give money so you become richer. What it means is that you're generous with what you have so you can be a blessing to someone else. So if you're interested in that book, you can go to my webpage, davidcfriendauthor.com. And if you pull that up, you'll have access to that book. I think it would bless you. And I think that it would help people understand the difference between generosity and just giving. So let's get back to the point I'm making here. You see, there's a huge difference between true or false prosperity or true or false riches. And so let's take the other side of it. I don't particularly like to talk about negative things or false things, but let's talk about what false prosperity is and how it's led. What leads prosperity? What makes a person think about it? Well, first of all, person who is chasing after money and serving money is violating God's word. So therefore, they have a false sense of prosperity. They want to put their investment in their money, in their assets, in their material things, and those things that they have, and think somehow that's going to be a blessing that's going to give them peace and health and all those good things. When in reality, false prosperity is led by self centered people. They're focusing totally on blessing themselves. They just want to get richer and richer and want to have more than the next guy. And then when they have this huge amount of money accumulated, they feel like giving a small sum here and a little bit over there and a little piece over here will somehow be a blessing. They, they, they do things to benefit themselves. 
Many times a person will come to me and they'll say, I want to give some money to the church, but I'm trying to find out from my accountant the best way to do that. And so my accountant told me that the best thing I can do is not give cash, but give property. Now, I don't see anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with going to an accountant and finding out the best way to use the finances you have and get a tax benefit from it. I don't have a problem with that, like giving a home that you paid a small amount for and maybe give that home 20, 30 years after you bought it to the church when it's worth a lot more money and the church gets blessed. That's not false prosperity. Quite frankly, it's just the opposite. When you do that, you are blessing the work of the Lord and you are blessing others with the blessing that you've received in your life. So they, But the people that I'm talking about that have a sense of false prosperity, they do things that always just bless them. It's always about them and about how they gain from it. Now, When we do that, we allow ourselves to be focused and serve money. You see, false prosperity is the opposite of having God's blessing because God's blessing doesn't come into people's lives financially when their only goal is to have personal financial blessings and not be a blessing to others. I need to digress just a second here. I think it's important that I take a second and talk about how I feel about rich people. I am not opposed to people who have wealth. I'm not opposed to people who are rich. I'm not opposed to people who don't like to give of what they have. That doesn't bother me because it's between them and the Lord. What bothers me, the concern that I have, is that people put their their focus on a false prosperity message of, I'm going to serve money and then money will continue to bless me. And that's what it's all about. That's what I'm opposed to. But a person who's wealthy, very wealthy, there's nothing wrong with that because Jesus talks about true riches. He talks about wealth. He talks about prospering. Matter of fact, the Word of God tells us He wants us to prosper in all things and be in good health even as our soul prospers. There's a there's a plethora of ideas and examples and scriptures dealing with how we can be blessed. So God is not opposed to people having money. As a matter of fact, if it wasn't for certain people having lots of money that they're able to bless the work of the Lord, then many things would not be built. Churches may not get built. Facilities to help hurting people may not get built. So there are people who have money and so there's nothing wrong with that. Please don't misunderstand understand that. I'm not teaching that rich people are bad people. It's not that way at all. I'm just trying to keep a balance in understanding the difference between true or false prosperity. So let's go back to the Word of God and look at some additional teachings dealing with money and possessions, prosperity, whether it is either truth or it's false prosperity. Jesus is speaking here in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 19, where it talks about what do you do with the money that you have? When you get some money and you receive funds, what do you do with it? So he makes a really powerful statement here. These are the words of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, matter of fact, I think we'll go there, found in the New Living Translation. He says here, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. What he's saying is, don't just keep all that you've got right here in your pocket. Obviously, that means that we have to have something in order to have treasures. He says, don't store up treasures, which simply means there's people that have money. And he says, don't don't just invest them here on earth where, where you can lose it all, where thieves break in and steal. And, you know, that happens all the time. People will get great wealth and all of a sudden the stock market crashes or they invest in bad things and lose all their money. I knew a man once who was worth about $10 million and he started investing wildly in large tracts of land out in the desert thinking he was going to increase his wealth by millions and millions of dollars more, he wound up losing it all. I mean, literally, he lost the entire $10 million in bad land investment deals and was 
basically looking at a life of ending his life really in poverty. He asked me one time, he says, what do you think, why do you think that happened? And I said, well, I don't really want to say anything. I know you obviously realized there were some bad decisions made. He said, you know, I guess the problem in that whole thing was I was just greedy. He said, I really believe that was the problem that I was greedy to try and make more and more money. And he says, and that wasn't necessarily to bless the work of the Lord. He said, it was just to bless me. And it was an interesting statement, but a, a powerful one. Jesus, get back to the scripture now. Jesus says in verse 20, store your treasures in heaven where moss and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean, store your treasures in heaven? Is there a bank in heaven? Well, there's not a physical building of a bank that we think of here. But I believe we store up our treasures in heaven when we bless people here on earth. That's true prosperity. For example, if you help someone who is hurting by financially giving them some financial assistance, so maybe they can make their house payment or admit they're just struggling through a difficult time and you want to bless them, I believe you're investing in heaven. You're blessing someone else. You're blessing someone else to receive something that they don't have. And I truly think that that's a true prosperity message that we have when we take what we have and bless others. And we're storing up treasures in heaven. And it's important to understand that whatever we invest in the future in others, now I'm not saying, I need to digress again. I'm not saying that we can buy our way into heaven. I'm not saying that at all. And I've had people come to me and make that statement. And this is really kind of sad, but they'll walk up to me at the end of church and say, well, I paid my entrance fee into heaven. I, I gave money to the church today. And I would then want to sit with them and have coffee and talk about what they were saying. And that really was not the way to look at making your tithe or your offering to the church. But when Jesus is saying here, store up yourselves treasures in heaven, he's basically saying, do things that'll bless others for an eternity. And that's what we're saying here. Verse 21, Jesus goes on to say, wherever your treasure is, there, desi there the desires of your heart will also be. So, wow, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So when he says that, think about that for a second. What are your desires? What are the reasons that you'd like to be blessed financially? The other day I was having lunch with someone, we were chatting and I said, you know, if I could just go out and do a real estate deal and make some money, I'd like to make about a million dollars and I'd like to give maybe 900,000 of it to the church. And then maybe the other hundred I would keep to just help my retirement, that type of thing. And he looked at me and he said, well, why would you want to do that? Why wouldn't you keep the 900000 and give 100000 to the church? And I said, well, God's already provided for my needs. I'm not a wealthy man, but I don't have to work. I don't have to worry about my finances, and I thank the Lord for that. But if I made a million dollars right now, what would I like to do with it? I'd like to bless other people. I believe that's, that's investing in heaven. Not that it assures me a place in heaven. I got assured a place in heaven when I gave my life to Jesus, when I repented of my sins. And I said, I'm sorry for the sins I've committed, Lord. Please forgive me. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. That's where I secured my place in heaven. I believe that. I believe that God forgave me and he's given me the promise of eternal life. But in this particular case, if you're making money for the sole purpose of just for yourself, it's something that you need to reevaluate. Because the difference between true or false prosperity, I believe, has a lot to do with the motives of our heart. We can go back to the Word of God and see where the Bible tells us, you have not because you ask not. And then it goes on to say that, and when you ask, your motives are wrong, that you want to just get stuff for yourself. You see, there's another great example where people are asking just so that they can be blessed and they're not concerned about being a blessing you know, I don't want to leave it just there. I'm going to go back to that scripture and read it. It's found in James chapter 4. 
This is such an important scripture when it comes to understanding the difference between true and false prosperity. In James chapter 4, in verse number, well, we may start around number 2 in the New Living Translation. Let me just read this to you because this is an important part of this teaching today. Here's the word, what the Word of God has to say when James wrote it. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. Now that's pretty extreme, but that's quite a statement. You are jealous of what others have. Now that's not so extreme because that's relatively common with a lot of people today. But you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. That's why there's a lot of lawsuits going on in the country today and throughout the world is because... What somebody else has, a lot of people are trying to take it away from them. And some of that is legal and has to be done, and a lot of it is not. And it's something that we should stay away from. But here's the part that's so important. It's at the end of verse number two. It says, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Now we're getting into the, the important part of asking God what we want. Then it says, and even when you ask, oh, here's a word of caution, and even when you ask, you don't get it. Because your motives are all wrong. You want only what gives you pleasures. Boy, I tell you, that teaching takes us in total different directions, doesn't it? On one direction, it talks about going to try and get stuff to the extreme because we're jealous and we covet. We want whatever other people have. We envy what other people have. And so we think, well, then God, I want that too. So then it talks about, well, I'm kind of paraphrasing this whole thing, but we say to the Lord, well, God, I want that stuff too. So so I'm going to ask. And then, it, But then it says here in the word, it says, you don't have because you, you don't ask God for it. So then we think, well, then it's okay to ask God. So I'm going to ask God. And it's great to ask God. It's wonderful to ask God for financial blessings. But here's the big warning. And here's the part that separates whether we have true or false prosperity motives in our life. Even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You see, God is not going to bless us with financial prosperity and give us true riches unless we have proper motives. Boy, that, that's a powerful statement. And I got that right out of the word of God. It's so important to understand that. The Lord wants us to have the right motives. You see, because... If we have the right motives, we please the Lord. God is happy with us. He's blessed with us and he knows that he wants to bless us. And so as we're wrapping up today's session on true or false prosperity, we need to go back and think about some of the issues that we've talked about today that are so important. True prosperity is just simply seeking truth. That's really what it's about. True riches or prosperity are the things that guide our life to be blessed, and to be a blessing to other people. We need to understand that being rich in good deeds is a good thing, but you can't buy your way into heaven. Just because you give a lot of money to the church doesn't mean you've got a guaranteed spot in heaven. It doesn't work that way. We have to have a personal relationship with Jesus. We need to avoid false prosperity, and that has to do with things like being self-centered or putting ourselves first that we always have to win in every situation. It's wanting to promote ourselves or an image or a status where people think that we're rich. That's all false prosperity and we need to run from that. So it's important that we understand that God wants to bless us. Yes, he does. And I'm gonna close with reading the same scripture that we started with today. This is kind of a summary of what we've talked about. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. So if God, what that's saying is if God can't trust us, remember with where we are today and with the little things that we have today, it's difficult for him to trust us 
for with greater blessings financially and spiritually. And it says, And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Because it says here, if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Why should God bless us? So I think we need to examine our motives. We need to be faithful in little things and wait for God to bless us with greater things and bigger things. I believe that. So I'm going to close this up today, but I first want to pray for God's blessing on your life and anointing. So please don't hang up on me right now. Listen to this because I believe I want to bless you. I want you to receive a blessing from the Lord. Father, I pray that you would bless those that are listening and God, that we would truly understand the difference between true and false prosperity, Lord. Help us, Father God, to bring our heart for receiving in alignment with your word, God. And I pray, Father God, that we'll be faithful, Lord, with the little that we have today so that when you reward us openly, Father, we'll receive the true abundance that will lead to true riches in heaven. I thank you for that, Father. I bless everyone that tuned in today and I'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope that you enjoyed this teaching today. I hope that it spoke to you and brought something positive into your heart. There was a part on false prosperity that I don't even like talking about, but it's so important to bring up both sides of it so we get an understanding. And I pray that God will bless you. I pray that you'll understand that he does want to bless and he will bless us if we're faithful to him and if we line up our finances according to the word of God. So if you're interested in listening to more of these podcasts, you can subscribe to my podcasts on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to get additional information on the teachings that I have, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. And on that page, when you pull that up, you'll see a couple places where you'll get a link that you could sign up for my free email that I have set up to give you some directions, some counsel in the area of finance, and also that you can then look at some of the materials that I've written. I've written a book. I think it's been a blessing to a lot of folks. It's entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. And that book, along with the other one I mentioned earlier in this podcast, Generosity, What's in It for Me, are two books on finance I think that'll be a blessing to you. I want you to stay tuned for upcoming podcasts in the future where I'm going to be breaking off into a whole new area of teaching. It's going to be specifically on the area of faith. And I can't wait to bring it to you. I have a book I've written on faith, as many people have, but I think this one talks about a level of faith that a lot of people think they can't have but that God has reserved for them and he wants to bless us. You see, all of us have a measure of faith. Now we need to get that measure to to increase and understand what it is to have really an, an explosion of faith in our life and to believe for God's blessing. So with that, I know that I'm excited about the next podcast coming up here right after this one. In a couple days, you'll be able to obtain it. And it's entitled, Seek True Prosperity. And how do we understand a way to seek it. And so we're going to get into the area of seeking financial prosperity, and I believe that God will bless you. So I just want to give you this closing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So until next time, may God richly bless you.